Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon of Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined for the first time in forever by all of the guys. We have the resident old man, Clark Barnes, the working girl, Jordan Smith, and ginger woodsman, Nick Bonniford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Doing well. Good, Pete. How are you? I am well as well. Clark, are you taking a pleasure in the fact that as you have been forced in your move to experience winter for the first time, that the whole state of Texas is now also experiencing winter for the first time? Not at all. We don't (laughs) relish in these cold and harsh conditions. It's just uncalled for. just, Just the world shouldn't operate like this. You should never have snow. I have learned after living in California for some time that I need snow. Without snow, my body just doesn't know what to do. When it's like beautiful or not, when it's, you know, at the coldest it possibly gets is like 50 degrees. I'm not, not here for it. Not a fan. The important things, the important things. I could go for 50 degrees right now. That'd be great. (laughs) That'd be like 70 degrees warmer than what it is right now. Yeah. I bet you, you are, we're getting, we're, I mean, today I think was like a high of maybe, well, today actually might've been decently warm. Today was probably a high of like five, I think, which is, you know, pretty balmy since we've had some some minus minus tens recently out here in New Hampshire. And I'm sure Wisconsin is similarly frigid. Weather small talk. That's what the listeners came here for. At the start of the podcast. People love it. My mom lives and dies by weather, weather, not weather.com, but uh, uh, under underground weather, underground.com. I don't know. Anyways. She lives and dies by it. That's that is her way of judging uh, how the weather will be. We're going to go right into our best free agent landing spots this week for the tight ends. But quickly, uh, there is one news bulletin worth noting, and that is unfortunately we had some breaking news today. Uh, Vincent Jackson, the wide receiver for the Los Angeles slash San Diego, really just San Diego. He never was on the Chargers when they were in LA, but uh, San Diego Chargers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, was very sadly found dead this morning uh, at, at the age of 38 in his hotel room in Florida, which is, you never, never want to see that. You never want to hear that. And uh, obviously our thoughts and prayers with the family and friends and anyone who knew Vincent Jackson and uh, yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. It's a tragedy. Like, Truly a great player. I'm sure he's found his way onto your fantasy rosters at some point or another. But more importantly, um, you know, just have his family and your thoughts. 38 is decidedly too young for anybody to pass away. So, yeah, he, I know he, he had some like off field challenges that kind of threw his life off course for a bit. <clears throat> and I don't think we have any information as to what it is that caused the death, but I hope he was living well. Um, 
and that this was just some sort of unfortunate occurrence. Well, I never, I never liked transitioning to something fun and like suddenly pumping so far, up my this energy. So like after. a crummy phone call with my mom. We talked about yeah, the weather and it. some horrible news. <laughs> what else are we going to really... talk about? How I haven't come to visit for a while? <laughs> hey, man, it's been, I mean, Clark, we can touch on that. You've been, you've been very absent from the podcast recently and our, we've noticed, we've noticed. So we'd like to discuss about why, why that is. Honestly, you're spending, little... too much, spending too much time with your current family, Clark, rather than your old family. I'm a little disappointed with the, the fact that Clark and I haven't actually connected, given that we actually live like an hour apart from each other now. <laughs> okay, we, I think we should be podcasting across the room from each other. In person. At some point, we're going to have to break the non-existent RB1 budget and record a live show, all of us in person. I don't know where or how, but it will happen. Maybe we could it's somehow... Like two- the draft or something yeah i was gonna say maybe we can somehow sneak our way into the combine and then just uh have a grand old time in in indianapolis because i've heard indianapolis has got all kinds of legit bars uh all right let's talk ideal fantasy tight end pairings we are wrapping up our best landing spot series with clark's favorite position in fantasy football uh the tight ends for as clark always says there are so many options at the tight end position. It is worth waiting and never should you spend early round draft capital on Travis Kelsey. So uh, with those wise words, we are going to delve into this position. And instead of all of us offering our favorite landing spots for each player, uh, we decided to change it around a little bit. We are each going to have a landing spot for one free agent tight end uh, just to kind of shoe, not shoehorn, expedite, concise. Expertly place. There it is. We're going to expertly place uh, each tight end. But let's start the convo with not a free agent tight end, but rather Zach Ertz, who seems destined to get traded. And according to reports, the Eagles have spoken with the Seahawks and Colts about a potential trade for the vet tight end, both of which, Jordan, I think would be pretty good for uh, Zach Ertz's fantasy value in in 2021. I think going to Indianapolis would be uh, a pretty good choice for Zach Ertz himself, just because Frank Reich would be there. and he'd be able to reunite and put himself in an offense that um, frankly wanted to utilize their tight end a little bit more last year. I think like we had a little bit of a quarter season Mo Alley Cox breakout and um, Jack Doyle is apparently just going to be 30 for the rest of his life and still cranking out a couple hundred yard games every now and then. Um, I, I, I will leave it to Nick to talk about a possible fit in Seattle. I'm sure he does not want his team to trade for a tight end again. <laughs> I mean, the way that they, that they treated Graham, I like, I can still recall the the first reports when uh, it, the, the trade for Jimmy Graham was the thing that was discussed in Seattle for like a year or two before it actually happened. As like, what do they, what are they missing in the offense? And it was like a big bodied receiver and it happened, and I remember everybody just collectively shit their pants in excitement. And then, and then Tom Cable said something. He's the offensive line coach. He said something like, "Can't wait to get my hands on him and teach him how to block." And we were like, "No!" Like the, <laughs> the whole city felt it in that moment. And that's what they did. They for like two years, they they did, and then eventually they turned him into a, a red zone threat. But I think what best illustrates the fact that he'd be a terrible fit in Seattle is just the fact that he has his own Twitter page um, called Ertz breaks a tackle. And they just tweet every time he doesn't break a tackle. Um, 
physically, whatever, for whatever reason, the guy, he can't do anything after the catch. And in Seattle, like the, the main uh, continuity between the two sides of the ball is just like being a beast. And Zach Ertz is decidedly not that. So I, I think he'd be a, a really bad acquisition for Seattle. Um, Which means it's a hundred percent what Pete Carroll's going to do. But is there anywhere you guys want to see him? I guess like he seems pretty washed to me. I So I wrote an article on fake teams a while back about kind of my top landing spots for him. And I had a few that I ran through, which I kind of liked. Um, I don't mind. I think you, I think, I don't know if he's washed quite yet so much as just like, I feel maybe a change of scenery is real, uh, would be a nice benefit for him. He also has been playing with kind of very average quarterback play recently. I had one of my top picks for that was uh, Arizona and giving the Cardinals a, a tight end threat to be in the middle of that offense. But I mean, I think there, I think I would be intrigued by him wherever he goes, but I certainly prob I certainly won't be like, Oh, he's going to return to like the tight end three that he has long been in his career with the Eagles regardless. I feel like I could say this for a lot of the tight ends that were posited for discussion today, but I mean, is he less exciting than Austin Hooper? I mean, Yes, he's less exciting than Austin Hooper. Wow. <laughs> That's that is a bold statement by Nick Bodford. Uh Hooper's he's a totally decent. I mean, he can still play. He's a totally decent. I think Zach Austin Hooper is play. a person who is in the NFL. <laughs> I didn't realize can occasionally catch, which is which is nice. I mean, he, he's like a good possession receiving tight end. I can I don't think Ertz can say this. Can Ertz say the same for himself? Why can't he? He's coming up. When off he had a quarterback who played decently, season. he was very good. Yeah, his 2019 season, he had 900 plus yards and six touchdowns. That was a year ago or a season ago. This is fun. We got we got a, it's a pretty a good sideline planting scenario. This is going to be a long no, time for the off season. None of yeah, but we'll get to my take later. Yeah, <laughs> right. I I think Ertz can still like do some things, but he's probably. I mean, he's going to be 31 in November, which like 30 is the kind of the peak of tight end production like after 30 unless you're like Gronk or Travis Kelsey like your your twilight years start when you're 31 for a tight end and Zach Ertz has played and started all 16 games in a season one time so that would be a little bit of a red flag for me I wouldn't want to give up like premium capital to bring him in when you can just you can grab one of the guys we're about to talk about for probably not that much money. This is a uh, Jordan's sexy slick segue into free agent targets that we're going to talk about. And let's start speaking of guys who are oft injured. Nick is going to tell us why we should all be trusting Hunter Henry yet again in 2021 and why his perfect landing spot will be uh, Tennessee. Ooh. So, Hunter Henry, he's he's good in both facets of the game. He can block, and he's a, a well above average pass catching tight end. The the injury history is there, and that's really unfortunate. I do think at the tight end position, if you have any sort of like decent talent, you you kind of deserve to just I I don't know maybe this is a stupid comparison, but it's it's almost like a good quarterback where like if you have one that's just kind of decent, it it makes sense to to pay him because there's so many bad ones out there. Um, but with Tennessee, so they're they're missing, they're scheduled to lose uh, Johnu Smith, Michael Pruitt, and uh, 
what was his name? Anthony, Anthony Ferkser. So they've basically been operating with an embarrassment of like quasi riches at the position where Michael Pruitt mostly blocks. Ferkser kind of does both. He, he, he's done enough to take the, the top off of Johnny Smith's fantasy ceiling. Um, and they right now are scheduled to be uh, three million over the cap. Obviously, the cap doesn't technically exist for, you know, those who want to mess around with contracts. But um, they're going to have to kind of consolidate at the position with the 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 likely um, absence of Corey Davis. There's going to be room for one more big time pass catcher. And, yeah, the injury history is there. But right now they have like a glaring hole at this position. And with Henry being able to do both jobs, I think he'd be a nice way to consolidate resources at the position. I like that too, because we also know that the Titans offense can accentuate the tight end position, right? Like like Johnny Smith when Ferkser didn't early in the year when Johnny Smith was health healthy and Ferkser hadn't kind of like cemented himself as as a rival to Johnny, as you said, capping his ceiling. Like Johnny Smith is was a you know a tight end one with regularity and and you were expecting that kind of production out of him. I mean, I think there was a period of time this season where he was tight end two or tight end three. Um and so, so this offense certainly can put the tight end in this offense can put numbers up. And I think you're totally right. Hunter Henry being, I would say the most talented tight end in this free agent class going to a place like t- Tennessee would certainly give him the most impact, particularly if they are a team that not only loses their whole tight end room, but loses someone like Corey Davis and now needs another number two receiver to go along with uh, AJ Brown. That opens up a shitload of targets for, for Hunter Henry to walk right into. Well, so like Nick said, if Jonu Smith, if Hunter Henry is going to be walking into Tennessee, that means Jonu Smith is going to be walking out of Tennessee. Clark, would you love to see Jonu Smith end up? So looking at this, I just kind of, we've got a few tight ends here. I think are just equivalently talented and risky. Hunter Henry has done the most, but has a really horrific injury history. Uh, And when he played well, he played well with a quarterback who loves to throw to the tight end more than anything else we saw that be a huge Achilles heel for the Colts last year with Philip Rivers just never never really getting it going uh, so I just decided to go with the team who does throw to the tight end and someone who loved to do it before he lost him I'd like to see Johnny Smith go to the Dallas Cowboys if you're going to build on a strength how about getting a young athletic tight end for a quarterback who just heavily leans on the tight end now this would be different for the Cowboys because Johnny Smith can run uh, so I don't know if they will be able to work that into their play calling, but it would be interesting to give Dak yet another weapon. I was surprised that Pete didn't uh, call dibs on on Johnny with Bill Belichick once having called him the best after the catch tight end in the I league. know, I know. I I all, basically all of these tight ends, I was like, they could go to the Patriots. They could yeah. go to the Patriots. And that's part of why I was I was like, all right, we're gonna have everyone talk about one tight end so that I don't just then for every tight end be like, they could go to the Patriots. So spoiler but, alert, guess who where Gerald Everett's going? Yeah. Uh, um to to Clark's point though, I think that's a really good spot. They may do with much lesser players. I still think Blake Jarwin, you know, one day could be amazing to watch. But um I, I'm Schultz, Mr. Schultz, uh, you know, backing up. And I, he was a viable tight end one at times. And I know Clark outside of the top three tight ends don't matter. But um, when you are having a stream, I mean, they took a no-name guy and turned him into uh, a decently valuable fantasy commodity. So I, I like I like the idea of, of Johnny Smith going to the Cowboys a lot. Johnny Smith is a freak, too. Like, it's it's really fun watching him play when he's actually on the field. And I think if he was, like, 
don't know, maybe going to Dallas and playing in a dome can somehow help him stay a little bit more fresh than, I, I don't know. Maybe it just helps a little bit. It helps kickers. Maybe it'll help him too. <laughs> Plus, I think boosting the tight end position also, I, Michael Gallup is a free agent, I believe. Uh, and so they could be, you know, they could be losing a weapon there so that your offense now, I mean, I say now is just CD Lamb and Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. But there would be room for someone like Johnny Smith to step in there and have that tight end position, see enough targets and enough usage that he is a, a viable fantasy commodity. Uh, Jordan, what tight end would you love to see where? There's two, two questions for you, to two blanks to fill in. Um, so I took a look at placing, um, Jared cook on a new team. Um, just because I, I still think he's a pretty good talent at the tight end position that gets a little bit overlooked. He was 11th in DVOA last season, um, with new Orleans. And even though new Orleans, like just wasn't that good on offense last year. And I feel like he's been a player that's been super underutilized. Uh, he was on the Packers for a while and I, or maybe just a year, but I was kind of bummed that they didn't re-sign him because he was just one of those tight ends that, like Johnny Smith, is a freak. Who is we also had that and- like absurd sideline catch against the Cowboys in the was it NFC Championship or or a couple of years ago where Rogers like just flicked it forty yards and that was a beautiful catch. Somehow it popped up in my YouTube recently, so I watched it again. I always love him for that. Um, but being a little bit older, I think that you can get him on a veteran minimum contract. And I put him in Arizona with the Cardinals. Um, Dan Arnold looked like he was a pretty reliable target for Kyler Murray last year. And kind of in the vein of Dalton Schultz, if you played Dan Arnold on the right week, you might have had a very good um, streaming option there. But I think that Arizona would benefit from having a good pass catching tight end like Jared Cook who can kind of do everything and hopefully that takes them away a little bit from doing like the the four wide with just four wide receivers because I think Jared Cook would be a good like split him out away from the formation as well um and he's a he's a good blocker too like if you need somebody on the line to help keep Kyler fresh for a few minutes longer or when Kyler starts to scramble and starts running around uh, Jared Cook has experience as, like we just talked about, being that guy who can help a quarterback when the play breaks down. Yeah, I like that a lot. I said that it was a, a possible landing spot that I like for Zach Ertz, but I think Jared Cook is also fits that. Per- I just think the Cardinals need a tight end, and we've seen this offense, this passing game, be potent enough that if you plug in a tight end who is talented, there, I think, especially how barren this position is in fantasy wise, there they'll be able to produce at least something enough for you to be able to stream them reliably for you know four to five weeks. Which, if it's not Travis Kelsey, you're going to take that for a win. What do, what do we have to do to get Clark fired up about this? I was so looking forward to like a speech. Clark is Clark is just chilling. He is just like this is this is a uh, a position that he just won't exert any energy on because he's drafting Travis Kelsey one one every draft. Well. It, to to clarify my tight end position is there's I, I think there's three guys worth drafting or else you're just taking a shot right so I'm okay with you know Darren Waller proved it again this year that he's legit and their situation's going largely unchanged so the way that I kind of tried to approach this was what offense could get a tight end that I would be excited about because there are certain offenses who have 
throughout time, there has been production from the tight end. I don't think any of these guys are good enough or have enough of a track record to pull an offense towards using their tight end. Like if, uh, if George Kittle was a free agent, I could not imagine him going to a team other than the Seahawks who would give up assets for him <laughs> and not use him. Right. But with these guys, these are all people who've shown flashes and who it's going to be easy to get excited about. And that's awesome. But I don't think anybody here is good enough or has the track record to pull an offense towards using a tight end who hasn't in the past. Ah, I think that's a, that's a super good way of thinking about it where it's, it's, I mean, maybe another way of phrasing this show is it's not ideal landing spots for these tight ends. It's just ideal teams that utilize their tight end. And if any of these guys end up there, then that's good for their fantasy value because these offenses have proven in the past that tight end is a very integral role in their offense. And if you put someone with, you know, above average talent in there, they will, they'll produce. Which is, of course, a delightful segue into uh, my Gerald Everett to the New England Patriots take. Because we know that the New England Patriots love to highlight that tight end position. Uh, I'm, I mean, we were just listing kind of the, the free agent tight ends out there. And yes, Nick pointed out Gronk is a free agent. But I would bet a billion dollars that Gronk, like there's just no way Gronk's leaving Tom Brady uh, to go play in his, you know, whatever. Also, Gronk and uh, Travis Kelsey are the same age somehow which is kind of mind-blowing to me. So anyways, uh, Gerald Everett, I'm really curious about. I think that to exactly Clark's point, if Gerald Everett goes to a team that doesn't highlight the tight end position, then I'm just going to be like, okay, he's kind of done. Like I'm not super excited about him, but if he goes to a team like the Patriots, I would love him on the Patriots or another team that I think could be a really good spot for him is the Bengals uh, because they're also just going to be looking to shore up that offense and, and continue to put weapons around Joe Burrow. But Everett has flashed uh, some good potential and and has shown that he can, you know, play across the formation and make plays down the field and just was in that timeshare with uh, Tyler Higbee. And and Nick, of course, was certain that Gerald Everett was going to monopolize over Tyler Higbee. And Tyler Higbee was a burned pick. You shouldn't even have taken him and scoffed at me for drafting him this year. And for the most part, uh, his scoffing was well-deserved. But so I, I'm I'm very intrigued to see where what Gerald Everett does in a offense that is in LA, where hopefully he's going to have a more prominent role. And uh, since I haven't picked the Patriots to be anything so far in this series, send him to New England. How about the Rams for an intriguing spot for a tight end? I think Gerald Everett is talented athletically, but also is just a bit player in an offense that just needs a decent bit player. Uh, what if? Hunter Henry just went across town to an offense that was going to feature the tight end. God, that'd be interesting. Well, so Higby, correct me if I'm wrong. Higby still in, uh, still they on give, the Rams, right? I meant Everett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they Everett gave Higby a big is, contract like a couple a year ago or two years ago. Yeah, oh. so that's 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 the thing. And to be fair, I I thought of Everett as like a souped up Ferkser, where it's like he's going to be on the field too much for Higby who was fairly unproven to like become this, you know, King Kong tight end uh, five kind of guy. Um, Yeah, no, I I think Higby, he kind of stands in the way. And also McVay, he, yeah, yeah. McVay likes to, to roll one tight end. He likes to use one tight end sets, but if he has two of them, he's shown us that he wants to use them. Hunter Henry, if he could go out and like beat Higby and that'd be fucking sick, but yeah, with Higby there, I think it's a problem. 
Also, timeshare might not be the worst thing in the world for Hunter Henry to keep those keep those legs alive for a full season. Going to cut in quickly for a ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I would feel bad if Gerald Everett went to the Patriots because no one's going to be there to throw him the football. Sorry, Pete. It's okay. I've accepted it. It's going to be a fun season. I, I yeah. I'm now. I've seen. I've seen Patriots fans. This is this is where the Patriots fan uh, like uh, energy is at right now. I've seen many Patriots fans being like, "All right, you guys. Here's how we win the off season." Oh, I knocked my mic over. That's how we win the off season. Just hit the mic off the screen. They're like, "We're gonna. We're going to go out. We're going to sign Johnu Smith. We're going to sign Corey Davis." And we're going to trade for Marcus Mariota. Patriots back on top. Let's go. It's like, I don't hate that, but that's also not like a winning formula that is going to uh, suddenly thrust us to the top of the very now uh, challenging AFC East. Are you just going to roll out the 2018 Tennessee Titans? I know. Like, we're just going to become what, the that's Titans. Where we're at. <laughs> After Mike Vrabel tried to build the Patriots down south, Bill Belichick's going to return the favor by trying to build the Titans up north. And that's that's gonna work well. What is it? What did you guys get for Garoppolo? Second round pick. No, yes. Yes. And what did that become? It was a steal <laughs> to get a second round pick. It was for a that. goddamn baggin. Uh let's see. So like, let's do let's do some quick uh some quick stats that, and information. Jimmy that, did that turn into Nikhil Harry or it probably Nikhil, turned oh. into like 19 oh, fifths, 27 <laughs> sixths, and seven fourth yeah, round picks. Uh, it's just what was so strange was Garoppolo like ran the Patriots offense right when he was filling in. And I don't, where would you be now? It's like, do, all right, do, here we go. Ha- yeah, go for it. The Patriots trade of Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers for a second round pick. Uh, it's become, but to drill down here, are the players acquired is a direct result from the pick acquired from the Jimmy Garoppolo deal. Duke Dawson, a second round draft pick out of Florida. Christian Sam and eight 2018 six round pick. I mean, where are all these picks coming from? I thought they just traded a second. That's how the Patriots. I told. I guess I they traded down. Yeah, no, no, you're totally right. Because the trade. Okay, so the trade team because the team traded the acquired second rounder for additional picks. There you go. So basically, they got Duke Don Duke Dawson not on the team anymore. Christian Sam not on the team anymore. Dejuan Williams, who is not bad. Damian Harris. Better than Jimmy Garoppolo, so that's a win. <laughs> uh, Yadni Kashwe, offensive tackle. Jared Juiced. Stidham. What's up? It's Kajuced? like Juiced, yeah, or oh, something like that's that. That's a great name. 
uh, Dalton Keene. So they oh, yeah, got a tight end. And Justin Heron. All right. Wow. So they turned Jimmy G into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players, including Damian Harris and Jared Sidham. Clark Barnes, knowing it's the Patriots back. better than I do. Yeah. So they they turned uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody who could have been their starting quarterback, into a running back. They turned well and someone who's the not their starting running quarterback. And someone, yeah, someone who's certainly not their starting quarterback. Yes. Well done, Bill. Uh, an A plus trade. That being said, I don't really think that uh, Mr. Thomas Brady was going to let them keep Jimmy G around. So, but now you bring Jimmy G back, bring him home. I would like that. I love Jimmy G. Bring him home. And Kyle Shanahan doesn't want him. Well, let's be honest. It's fun to watch empires crumble. Just the poor Patriots fans not knowing poor what to do with themselves. It's really hard. We live a we live a tough existence, and I appreciate your sympathies, Clark. I think this is going to be such an interesting, like, uh, occurrence next year or two with the Patriots. Like, do, can Bill Belichick adjust? How much now? We like we really do get to know Brady. I mean, he took that team to the Super Bowl. Bill, what's going on? Like, is he taking your lunch money? Oh, I think we need to fire josh mcdaniels i don't like josh mcdaniels get him out of there neither does indianapolis an old frank reich just laughing all the way to the bank turning the colts around doing a pretty good job (laughs) yep need to give uh i think belichick like two to three years to figure that out because that team really was built entirely around brady and what he could do and and brady jumped to a team that was like they were primed. They were ready to go. If he had jumped to like a lesser roster, then then I think that would have been a more fair comparison. It is so I'm, I'm giving you an out here, Pete. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Jordan feels my pain. And actually, Jordan doesn't feel any pain. Jordan, Jordan might be the most like prepared for a, a another good 2021 season out of all of us. Nick doesn't I, have a fandom, so we don't even know what Nick is rooting no, for. No, Nick loves the Seahawks. Well, Nick loves the 49ers. Nick, you can only lo- hate something that much with, that you love. <laughs> Some people right. just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> we live in a society. That's for you, George. <laughs> Since we're talking about our teams, in a very depressing note, I saw a uh, an article headline of like, who's your team going to draft in the first round? And I thought, no one for a long time. <laughs> Stupid Texans. <laughs> you guys, you have that youth preacher though, and he's gonna I know, and he's killing it. Save the franchise. He is going to be the savior of the Houston Texans. It's gonna be a race from sympathetic friends on Slack, and they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, Okay, what happened now? <laughs> it's just sad Texans news all the time. It's gonna be a race between Jack Easterby and uh and Bill Belichick to see who can rebuild their team first. And it will be Bill Belichick because he is actually a competent person. Because of the Texans and the Rockets being forced to trade James Harden, I saw a tweet that said the Astros are making Houston teams pay for all of their sins. (laughs) That's fine. Champions, baby. Championship. That's all that matters. Hey, man, I can – the media loves to pin me with you, Clark. All of my championships are tainted as well. So they are tainted championships together. (laughs) I go. have to know, is Bob Tanyan worth drafting next year, Jordan? Ooh, insider scoop. I don't know. <laughs> so I never seem to take a shot on him, guy. Okay. I never seem to know. Um, <laughs> he, he's probably like in the 
in the Earth range where it's like you're going for Kittle and probably Kelsey again. And if it's not, or maybe even Darren Waller too, but if it's not one of those three, then you're probably sitting back and, and waiting. If you can get him at a good value, absolutely. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of stuff saying that his his uh, touchdown progression is, or his touchdown production is certainly to regress because it was just hyper efficient. But you never know. Can I coin a term? I don't know. We'll just float this out there. Tight ends like grocery store shopping. You either go early or late. I love it. It's perfect. That too? We'll just no, let that perfect. simmer. That's perfect. I like it. We're gonna we're gonna end the podcast there. That's a perfect way to sign off. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball shows. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark while you still can at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Until then, peace.